go. Show 32. Show number 32, everybody. We got a big one coming at you. Every time. We never get this right. From our San Diego studio, a.k.a. uh, Lauren Reynolds and Ryan Carlisle's house. Bitchin' little pad they have. It is a bitchin' little pad. Yeah. I'm very sweet, kind of them to host me right now while I'm on my vacation down here. You're on golf, your golf vacation. I'm on my golf vacation, guys. It's um, golf season. Progate Europe, winning starts the great gate. Nick Long just got married. He's got one hell of a gate. He has got one hell of a gate. So, yeah, big congratulations to uh, old Linda and Nick on the or on their wedding. Yeah, Nick and Lindsay's wedding was really nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. Nice park. Yeah. I almost teared up when uh, Lindsay was saying her vows and when Nick was dancing with his mom. Oh my gosh. It's so hard not to get emotional oh, just in those situations. It really does. I know. When you get married, you are just going to be waterworks central. Oh, I know. A big old soft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be crying for sure at my wedding. Oh, no doubt. When Margaret's there. Especially when I dance with my mom. I'm oh, yeah. Crying for sure. Yep. I think a lot of people will too. It'll be a great time. But uh, what, a, what a fun time it was to be there. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, so many BMXs. Good there. group cool. of uh, people. It's cool because at the wedding, like everyone pretty much knew everyone. It was like a big family reunion of BMX friends. I know. It's so cool. Um, also, on board with us this show, we got motosheets.com. Um, timing score systems made easy, so you guys need to check them out. I was in Indonesia. I was. They were there with um, their timing and scoring systems. They were making the race run nice and efficiently. He wants a golf match too, doesn't he? Yeah, Sydney, Liam, uh, Axel, there are, if you guys are listening, we are most certainly in for our golf match the coffee chatter the coffee chatter open yeah sponsored by motorsheets.com get yours today (laughs) how's indonesia uh indonesia was uh it was a great trip a waste of a race for myself but it was a good time you know if you went there and tried it's not a waste it's it's not a waste i just keep saying that because i went there for a specific reason and i didn't uh, come away with anything that i was going there for but how often do you go to a race and it I know. Like in general, how often do we all go to a race and it doesn't work out? Yeah, exactly. It happens all the time. All the time. Yeah, I went there. It was just such a long trip. I was I was a little bit unmotivated going there because I wasn't expected to go there. I was planned to go to Houston. End of the season too. Yeah, plans changed. I was like, damn, okay. The, let me tell you, the flights to get there and get home were ridiculous. Where'd you go through? Well, I actually had to fly back to Tokyo, which I'd just come from. And then I went from Tokyo down to Jakarta. And then you got a small plane from there to the town in Indonesia. But so that was two back-to-back overnight flights. Jesus. So, yeah, it was rough. Um, um, we forgot to say our, we have Maris Strombergs on the show today. Did we not say that? <laughs> we, beginning? I don't think we said that. All so right. we got two-time <laughs> Olympic gold medalist. Uh, we got Maris Strombergs coming on the show today. Chatter TV, Maris Strombergs coming at you live on your radio to provide you all this entertainment today. Um, seemed like some people went to Indonesia, though. Um, Caroline was there. Yeah, Kara was, was there. Back. Yeah. I was a little surprised at how many foreigners were there, but I guess because there was an HC, everybody was going after the points. Yeah, Quillen so, Isidore was there too. Yeah, big guy doubled up both days. He put on a good race day both days. Yeah, nice and smooth. Let me tell you, the track was something special. Do they like BMX there too? Like in general? It seemed like people? it, yeah. Honestly, there were so many people there for the race. The uh, The mayor of the town was in to watch. Like They had a huge opening oh, cool. ceremonies. The hype was incredible, yeah. yeah. Um, track was, yeah, like I said, they're interesting though. The hill was like ice. They painted the hill. And uh, it was so slippery. It was so slippery that I didn't tell many people this, but on day two, because I spun in the semi on day one, I had uh, asked for a bottle of Coca-Cola, and I was rubbing it and wiping it on my tires before every lap. Didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> I thought it worked for two races, and then next two races after that didn't work. So. Literally never heard of that. I wanted to, like, dump in my it. my life. <laughs> I thought Where it was, you like... come up with that plan? I don't know. Coke's I, sticky. Maybe it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe if I dumped it on the hill, it would be sticky. But I was like, okay, I can't do that. It's What's biggest, an alternative? I've rubbed biggest, it on my tires. Biggest bro signs thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't work. And, uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, it was a fun trip. 
fun yeah, trip. Good experience. Fun. Yeah. Um, we got Lauren Reynolds in the studio. Talk yeah. Houston. Yeah. Laws, how is Houston? I'm gonna hand you the mic, Laws. You can hold it. Cause uh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Hi. <laughs> happy birthday, Palmy. Everybody, it's Palmy's oh, yeah, birthday. Oh yeah, happy birthday, Palmy. Shout out to uh, Coffee Chatter executive James Palmer. Yeah, he just said he'd come and have a little weekend stay and not tell me it was his birthday. <laughs> his quarter quell, too. That's a big one. I don't want to, okay, I don't want to talk about it. That's my quarter. I'm a late bloomer by two years. I'm, I okay, just J- James, you got to talk close to the mic because it's not picking right, up. Move yours or we have lost her mic and we'll just share this one. Yeah, okay, I'm a late bloomer, guys, okay? I bloom two years late. That means I'm only turning 23. That's what I say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, how was Houston? <laughs> yeah, no, Houston was good. Um, it was my second time back there because uh, I went out to do the, when they first officially opened the track and there was a little pro-am um, just after the World Champs. So uh, it was good. It was a uh, really cold weekend, a little bit of weather hit. So uh, Friday night's racing was chilly and windy and it was one of those one of those nights. Um, but overall, it was really good. There was a few foreigners. Mariana was there. Um, a couple of your fellow Canadians were out there racing. And then the usual U.S. girls. So um, it was good. I came home with a fourth on the first day and then a second on Saturday. Um, and I, I kind of went there like I've just started some pretty solid training. So I didn't really go there with hu- huge expectations. Um, I was certainly not fresh. But uh, it was, yeah, it was a really great weekend of racing. And, uh, and I mean, it's the world's track. So it's good to get some laps in. Um, facility looks nice. How's the track? Um, I personally quite enjoy it. There's a few areas that could possibly have a few small changes, um, that, you know, could make it flow a little better, but I've, I've ridden worse. So I, I'm, I'm somewhat (laughs) of a fan, to be honest. I know a lot of people are not um, a huge fan, but, um, I think for us, for the girls side and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still going to create some good racing. It's, there's a lot of pedaling, they're all big corners, and then there's a long rhythm section. And so I think there's a lot of um, the, the skill required to get through the track fast as well as a bit of endurance and mm. fitness. So there's some big jumps, some smaller jumps. So I think, you know, a well-rounded rider is going to do well. Looks pretty good for racing overall. I think it's good, yeah. yeah. What, were you, what were you guys doing through or on the triple end of the second turn? Because that looked even... Looked like a Closer. big thing to jump for the guys. Yeah. So were you guys going two and one out on that one? Always two and one out. <laughs> Always two and when one in out. Doubt. <laughs> when in doubt, two no, and one uh, out. No, that's that's the hardest jump on the track, I think for sure. Um, I've seen the guys; some of them were had to pull pretty hard for it, and there was a nice headwind um, on the first day. So, but for us, it's that's the hardest thing. You just we kind of double in and launch out and hang on. So you've just got to try to perfect the launch, and I think you'll be okay. Yeah. I heard that before in like the rhythm section that it was like one side of it was a little different than I mean, the other. Laura told us that. Huh? Was it Laura that told us that? Yeah. Was that still the case for like when you guys were there? So, so say that again. What that the uh, the rhythm section like one side of the straightaway was like different like depths, um, let's say, than the other. Yeah, I could say it's a little uneven. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah okay. I was always trying to stick to that inside coming out of the second turn. So, but. It's kind of just, yeah, I mean, there's maybe one or two too many rollers in there, I would say, that's just throwing it a little off that, you know, could make it. Um, but this, there's still lines, there's options. Um, it comes up quick and then it's, yeah, it, it's a busy straight. So I think it's, I mean, maybe they're going to clean it up a little bit. Let's, let's see. Anything else on Houston? Well, I was just going to say, I like that the, uh, the last straight had, it seemed like it was still a rhythm section too. So there, was there some passing going oh, on down yeah. the last straight? 
Yeah, there was. Um, Last trailer looked good, actually. Mm. Yeah. It's funny because the third straight's so like deep and technical and busy, and then the last straight is just like a typical ABA last straight. It's yeah. flat, and you can just. That's not bad. Just motor. I, I was yeah. pumping through the whole thing. <laughs> oh, really? I think I think a lot of the girls work. I mean, you kind of you're tired by the end there as well. It's, yeah. There's some hard laps, so. Yeah. Just pumping through it. Um, changing topics a little. We had the pump track world champs. Yeah. So it's now a rainbow jersey. So Laz, what's your opinion on pump track? Being um, like a. Uh, an event now with a rainbow jersey in it and everything. I had no idea it was a rainbow jersey event until I saw Tommy Zula take yeah. the win a few weeks back. Um, I'm curious about it. I've never done it. Um, yeah. I mean, I've ridden a pump track here and there playing, but um, I'm totally open to it. I think, I mean, why not? Yeah. yeah if you, It seems like there's more and more rainbow jerseys in so many disciplines now, so let's just keep it rolling. I think pump track's cool and it has its place, but I don't necessarily think it should be a rainbow jersey. Like, I think yeah. it's cool and it can be added to events and that kind of thing, but to have, like, a, a rainbow jersey for it, I think, I don't know. I don't think it suits having a rainbow jersey. Like, it's almost like, I don't want to say gimmicky, mm -hmm. but it's almost like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to say about it. Here. I don't know. Don't take this mic. We got, we got mics flying around. Now, see, I had something that I didn't like about it, which was that I didn't... Did people know it was a world champ jersey until they got there? I think the people that weren't there didn't know it was going to be a world title. And if it was a world title, let's say, in a year in advance, I think a lot more people would have tried to go for that. Because at the end of the day, it's an, like, it is a big title to win, saying you're world champ something. So even if I like people that don't agree, let's say that it should be a world champ or not, just the fact that it wasn't announced earlier than it was, that seems kind of janky to me. When when did it officially become a world championship? I don't know. I thought it was announced before. Yeah, but how long ago? I don't know, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool, but I don't really think it should be a rainbow jersey, to be honest. People yeah. probably won't like that, but I don't it's, really think it should be a rainbow jersey. I know. I know what you mean. It's funny that because it's awkward that we will complain about we want more medal opportunities in our sport, but then that's to me that's a completely different sport than what we're doing. Yeah, it is a different sport. So. And I mean, it takes a lot of skill. Like it takes a lot of skill to get around and. Um, Everybody be fast on it. on it yeah and rip through the turns and stuff but i don't know i was a little surprised like not that tommy won but that he won on a mountain bike of all things because i always thought bmx would be way quicker on the pump tracks but i guess bigger wheels get rolling faster yeah i guess so it'd be harder to maneuver i guess but yeah it would be faster if you can pump with it for sure mm -hmm. yeah. he's on a hardtail obviously wasn't he yeah. yeah 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 so i mean yeah i think it's it's something cool to have but also it's a little bit weird at the same time yeah. Yeah. I think it, now that it is a world title that the people that didn't know about it before, I bet you next year there'll be a lot more people going for it. Yeah. I would assume. Um, totally. be interesting to see though. Oh, I had a rant. You were ranting about something at the wedding yesterday. I told you about it yesterday. I know. And I should have written it down, but we were many beers deep. I don't remember I was, it. at least. And many donuts. So. Do you remember it? Please tell me you remember <sighs> it. Okay. Well, I think we were talking to Bacardo or Riley at the time. Uh, I can't remember, bro. Oh, shit, it was a good one. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh. Was something to do with the donuts? No, no, it wasn't donut with donuts. Well, there was a nice donut wall at Nick's wedding. It was a hell of a donut. Had like five donuts. So many donuts. Um, beer and donuts. I can't remember the rant. Do we have a social still on social media check-in? Oh God, I don't really know. I wrote that in there, but I was kind of the didn't social look, media check-in. No, what kind of, I was kind of thinking the social media check-in was. You know, the pump track stuff. Because yeah, that that Goliath has a still on social media check-in. Yeah, it was the uh, pump track, yeah. yeah. Laws, you got anything to check in on? You got a rant? What do you want to rant about, Laws? I know there's some things yeah, come you on, really just Laws, want to lay into things. I do not like to be put on the spot. Boys. We are putting her right on the spot. She's just casually <laughs> hanging out in the coach right now. Yeah. 
All right, uh, well, we, can, we can call Maricep because we don't have a rant. Okay. I think if it comes back to me, we'll talk about it. Are you having um, Jason's story time? No, not this one. So it'll be next week. Okay. Laza likes that section. It's a fan. That's a good one, huh? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good one. It's a fan oh, you listen to the show. How about oh, that? I'm, back. I'm the full time <laughs> listener now. I'm in. We got her hooked. <laughs> All right, Maris Stromberg. Oh, Maris. Okay. Two-time Olympic gold medalist. We're going live. We just started going live with people these days. It's yeah, we're going live. It's more fun. Yeah, the flow is way better. Maris. Hello. You're live on Coffee Chatter. It's already live. Already it's already live. What's up, Strami? That was quick. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. What are you up to? Let me put my headphones on real quick. Good man. We, yeah, good we, man. We got to get some clear audio for our listeners. I know people would be really pissed if we had you on. They couldn't hear you. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> really, we're actually live right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how's it going? Did you enjoy the wedding yesterday? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It was uh, one of the, the funniest ones I've been to. It was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. David David Herman David Herman had the best uh, best man's toast I think I've ever heard. I missed this toast. I was eating my tacos in the back. I can't believe I missed it. It was really good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was good. It was, that one was that one was hard to you know to follow up with. I mean, to follow up. I think their Betcher did good. It was pretty funny. Yeah, Betcher was. Betcher Betcher was funny he, too. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, you didn't. It you didn't. You didn't bring your little boy though. I was disappointed. I wanted to see Rio. Yeah, they said no kids. They said no kids. Oh, was that a thing? Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Either. Oh, I, I didn't no know kids, that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's yeah, bad. they make noise, and obviously it was uh, a lot of roasting going on, so... <laughs> yeah, that's, pro- that's probably fair, actually, yeah. So, that's yeah, fair. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so enough kids, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, one of those days. You yeah. know, you're in California, come on, I'll send you first. Uh, Samaras, how far was the drive for you? Are you still living up in Temecula? Yeah, to San Diego? Was yeah. probably, uh, yeah, maybe an hour. Okay. That's, that's not too bad. bad yeah. No, that's not bad at all. Yeah, that's so not bad at all. Fans want to know what you've been up to since you retired. Uh, not much really. Just, uh, you know, me playing some golf. Uh, really, I mean, this is uh, kind of been away from BMX. I mean, literally for the last two years, yeah. Obviously, I watched a few races here and there, but uh, I haven't been involved as much. Uh, not much at all, yeah, especially yeah. the last couple of years. Do you, you follow yeah. much or watch much or just kind of now and then? Uh, just kind of now and then, yeah. Obviously, I, you know, you check social media, you see all the results, and then, you know, the, the, if anyone posts some videos from the you know, main event, so, you know, always, obviously, I'm watching all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. How much more golf are you Can watching these days? Say again? How much more golf are you watching? <laughs> it's much, but it's, I, I really got into it. I mean, it literally, I mean, since the day I retired, I got into golf. I mean, literally the next day. And uh, just, I mean, if I'm not playing, I'm watching at home. And uh, as soon as you get home, and then, you know, usually starts at like 11, 11, 12 o'clock. And then you get that playing, and you come home, and then you watch golf for another four hours. <laughs> so, but, uh, but it's fun. It, 
anything old? I mean, besides, you know, if someone hits the tree and then somehow the ball bounces back and hits you back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I play uh, these days. I play, I mean, probably way too much. Uh, but, you know, once you get hooked, they just want to get to that next level and, you know, take a step forward. So you just keep pushing, keep learning, and then it's fun. Enjoy the process. Yeah, people hate us for talking about golf all the time, but, I mean... We're golf fans here, so it's fun. Who's <laughs> the best sport? You can, I know. I, you can do it till you're dead. I know. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I mean, you can, you, can, you can be at your best when you're like 55, you know, so, I mean, just keep playing golf. But I know you guys are into it, too. I mean, I, I, I saw some of your uh, uh, stories, uh, the, the putting contest, <laughs> working on, on the short putts. <laughs> we got we got, we got to work on the short game. Yeah, we got to get lower that handicap down so, so we, one way or another. You can't, you can't go low unless you make putts. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, I played this morning, actually. Uh, got up at 5.30. We had tea time was at 7. It was freezing, though. But, uh, yeah, those three putts, you know, that as long as you can eliminate those, I mean, it's just likely I'm going to shoot them. So, oh. What would you shoot today? Shot 81 today. Oh, that's pretty good. That's really good. Your number. 81. <laughs> Your number. 80, that's my number. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a tough course. It, it's not very long, but it's super narrow. A lot of trouble in there. That was the first time I actually shot up under 90 there, so 81 was good at the most round today. So, so I want some money, I want some 90 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Have you shot in the 70s yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm shot at, I'm shot at, yeah, multiple times, like 77, 78, and the okay. best round was 73. Wow. I shot one time, but that was, <laughs> that was a while ago, and then I still remember to this day, I was, after the 15th hole, I was one under. And then I told my buddies, hey, I'm one under, good round going, and obviously the next hole, boom, double bogey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you cracked. <laughs> Too much pressure. I cracked. I mean, really, I mean, I, I should have just kept, kept it quiet. Yeah, right when I opened my mouth, and then boom, next hole, double bogey, and then far, far, and ended up with one over here. Yeah. But uh, after that, I mean, it's just always been ups and downs. You know how golf goes. Yeah. Any sport in general. Um, so you yeah. think you're getting there, and then and the next week you take a step backwards, and then, you know, trying to figure it out again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so getting into Korea a little, like, how did you how did you get into BMX? Did you do any other sports growing up, or just BMX? Well, growing up, actually, I started with mountain skiing. Uh, Rio's not happy oh, in the background. Rio, Rio's not so. He, he didn't like that question. One second. He wants a little airtime. He wants a little yeah, chatter TV radio airtime. That's that life right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started with mountain skiing actually when I was five and a half. And then uh, got into BMX right after, around six. And then uh, I quit BMX for a little while when I was probably around 10 years old. I started playing basketball for half a year. But uh, And then uh, for some reason, yeah, I stopped playing basketball and then started riding again since that day, I mean, it's, I mean, for, what is it, 10, so yeah, 20 years. Yeah. So, but basketball growing up was always my, that was my favorite sport, yeah. I mean, there, I mean every day I followed all the sports and watched a bunch of basketball games, and uh, that was kind of my dream growing up, but uh, yeah, I can't complain, I think it's also my sport. <laughs> 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 oh, we can hear this real... Quiet, family! Quiet! <laughs> 
Daddy's busy, all right, guys? <laughs> we can hear Rio just screaming in the background. Yeah, he's like, dad, dad, dad. So when did, when did you start... Yeah. When did you start racing internationally or kind of more seriously then? Well, I, was, I mean, as a kid, I was like, I was very fortunate that uh, my parents always uh, were able to take me to all the races, all the European championships, and, uh, and, and not every year, but I, I, I went to world championships as well, and I got to travel and see the world, you know, as a kid growing up, so I was very fortunate. But uh, probably the first race was maybe when I was seven or eight. I think we went to Austria or something. That was one of my first uh, races outside of Latvia. Yeah. So we usually did probably like two, three races yeah, a year. So I mean, yeah, so I, I got to, as a kid, I got to travel and see and I got to go to Australia and I remember Canada worlds and quite a few places, yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. When, how did you find out about BMX, did you say? Like, how'd you get into it originally? Well, uh, my, uh, my dad's, uh, my family's really good friend's uh, son used to ride back in the day. He was kind of like older kid at that time. And then since, you know, my family were hanging out with the other family quite a lot. So they figured out to kind of get me into it and see if I like it. And then, then since, yeah, since, I mean, at first I didn't like it, to be honest. I think, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard the story, but I was, when my dad took me to the track the first time and. I saw all them guys, I mean, jumping all the doubles and everything. I, I literally cried for like, I mean, watching them, I cried for like an hour and then never got on the track on the first day. And then and we just we just left. And then I think it, it probably took me a few more, few weeks till I went, went back to my dad and asked him if, if, you know, if he could take me to the track again when no one is there. So we went, you know, with just me and my dad and I rode for a little bit. And then, yes, it's that day. I mean, just, just kept going, never looked back. Cried at the track a few times, and then a few years later, you know, bingo, bango, bongo, became Olympic champion. <laughs> it kind of seems well, like. Not, not, not it, a few years later, but uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it but, seems uh, like to me, yeah. A few years later, actually, I won, the, I won my first Worlds, yeah, I think in 96, yeah. In, oh, wow. in England, yeah. 96, I won my first World title. Yeah, coming from Latvia, it seemed like it would be a, a smaller country to get into BMX just because of, I would assume, the weather, just like Vancouver. I can't imagine it being the most popular sport. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, back in the day, it was uh, it, it was very small. I mean, when I got into BMX, we maybe had like hundred riders total in the whole country. So I mean, that's how small it was, and we only run with uh, four months out of you know twelve months. But that's how it was back in the day. Yeah. No one really had indoor tracks back then, so it was you know we were all kind of kind of even, yeah. And then uh, I would say. When I, was, when I turned kind of like 13, 14, everyone kind of started building all these indoor tracks and riding all year long. And then, well, except Frenchies, and, 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 and they, they, they get to ride all year long, yeah. yeah. When did you uh, decide oh, no, no, to... No, no. Oh, go yeah, ahead. you are going to move on, but I was just going to say, that's, I mean, that's a good point I kind of thought about. You saying you only had to ride four months out of the year, let's say. Like, I feel yeah. like when you, when you only get to ride that amount of times, once you start to get older, you really still appreciate riding your bike and... I feel like some people nowadays that get to ride all year round and stuff, they, they kind of grow up and they don't appreciate like, that they actually get to do that. Because there's so many countries like, let's say, where you live or in Canada where we're lucky if we ride six months out of the year. Exactly. I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, I mean, I still remember those days when it's, it's literally a little bit of snow out. I mean, you're just, yeah. you, you just so pumped to go to the track and you go and you sweep the track and it's still, I mean, 
zero degrees and he just he just talked in your right yeah. But uh, I mean, but these days, I mean, if I mean not just for kids, I think for everyone, if you want to be competitive, you, you gotta you have to be riding more than four months. Yeah, you can't you can't get away with that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If you take two months off, you're basically <laughs> behind the eight ball a little bit. Oh yeah, big time. And then, I mean, but these days, kids they get to go to all these camps to different countries, and then it, it's definitely a lot of things have changed yeah, since. I mean, since I mean, when I was growing up, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, but it's fun, it's fun, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more, obviously, a lot more tracks, a lot more opportunities and, and all that stuff. So it, it definitely, I mean, that raised the bar, yeah. When did you decide to start, um, or when did you decide to move to the U.S.? Because obviously you came to the U.S., I think, and started racing A-Pro, right? Yeah, I started with A-Pro and did a few races. Uh, I think the first time I came, I was, uh, probably was 16. I was about to turn junior. But that's in, in Europe, I think, it's 17, 18. And uh, we stayed for a few weeks. We went to Florida. We stayed with the family and then one of the families. And uh, I raced a few times. Yeah, a few few pro races. And uh, that was probably my first time racing in the states. Yeah, and I was like, I don't, I can't remember if I made any mains. I think I kind of did well, but I, I think I got like a bunch of fifths in the semifinals. Did you speak English or like who'd you stay with and all that? We stayed with that. It was a, the family, the Lucas family in, the, oh, yeah. in Florida. Me and Madison's, Arthur's Madison's, uh, I remember it was me and him, and then I can't remember if it was anyone else, yeah. Uh, I think there was a Dutch guy, forgot his name. Uh, he stayed <laughs> as well. He was, he was part of uh, He was part of the one, because we were part of the one bicycle team back then. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Yeah, that. I remember, yeah, I remember you were on one. Like, I remember watching some videos of you on transit at West Palm and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on, I was in one bicycles. I mean, basically for like four years, from sixteen, I think. Sixteen was my first year, and then I raced till obviously to Los Olympics, and then and I got signed by free agent, and then that's when I made the big move and came here. Yeah. When did you did you were you working with Evo back then when you first came to the U.S.? Yeah, he was all he was always with Evo. Yeah, growing up, he was basically since I turned up, made like. 14, 15, that's, then yeah, I've been working with Evo, you know, Evo, yeah, since then. That's pretty, and, that's uh, pretty cool to say. And yeah, that was always, I mean, I mean, that was, that was the American dream. I mean, you know, it was, I'm sure it was the same for you guys. I mean, uh, growing up, it was always the American dream. I mean, I mean, going through all those magazines and everything, I mean, looking at all that, I still remember receiving all those magazines and just going through and then looking at all the pictures and, you know, the, Tom Allier, Levesque Days, and Denny Nelson, everyone else, and, and that was just, yeah, just growing up, that was the, that was the dream, yeah. Do you guys think that's changed make it, nowadays? To make it over there one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's changed nowadays? Because obviously, yeah, that was the dream, and now it seems like, it seems like there's a lot more, I'd say, Europeans dominating. Do you think it's still a dream for people to come race in the U.S.? Uh, I don't think it's the same anymore, you know, it, it's, it definitely has changed. I mean, to me, there was a the Latvian kid uh, with a lot of potential that would say, "Oh, I, w- I want to make that move and go to go to the states right now." I would say, "You know, you're probably better off staying in Europe right now than just coming here." Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, obviously, I would definitely still suggest him to come out here. You know, do a couple races, maybe do you know like a training camp, whatever. Since there, you can ride all year long. But as far as racing and just just, I mean. Even the money-wise, it's almost, I think, it's a mission. The 
Haiti is a little better in Europe right now. Yeah, and it used to be like the U.S. was way bigger before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, way, exactly. And, you know, if you look at all the nationals and, you know, they, how they cut back all the, 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 the tails and everything. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, right now it's, it's, I would say it's pretty even, yeah. Obviously, in Europe, maybe the sponsorship deals are a little smaller, but uh, but I think the racing is actually probably even, even more competitive, yeah. With, with all the a, a, few, a few top guys are the, the fastest guys in the world. I mean, I mean, obviously Forrest Connor, Corbin. I mean, they, they, I mean, they still race here, but I mean, in Europe, there's. I mean, look at. I mean, all the Dutch team. I mean, they've been they've been killing it this year, and I mean, there's so many young Frenchies coming up as well. I mean, they've been killing it. So I mean, it, the Europe is. I mean, it's it's very competitive, and the tracks are a lot of tracks are very challenging as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. They're no joke. I mean, some of the tracks are really no joke in Europe, and I mean, America is always kind of like the same. A lot of tracks are kind of, you know, even the even the national national would say it's as fun as it is. But the only thing that's really fun is the first straightaway. I mean, and then after that, it's just you know just basically small rollers. It's not really. I mean, it, it's really a race to the first turn, yeah. And uh, and it's always the same, same. You know, every year, same, same day, same weekend. You know, the same stuff, yeah. It seems like to me too that that even if you're the fast guys in Europe, you, traveling's so easy nowadays and so common that you're you're always coming over for the big ones anyways. Like unless you're trying to rest up, you're just gonna come over for the big races if you have a European contract or American. Doesn't matter. Exactly. I mean, I think it's just these days in general. If you want to come over and live the American dream, I mean, I mean, you gotta have a good, good, really good sponsorship, and then. I mean, and, and, and I don't think it's there anymore in, in the States right now. I don't think you could really afford to make a living coming here and racing yet. Unless you, um, obviously, unless you have a really good uh, bike, whatever, bike sponsorship, because you can't just rely on that, on, on, on race bonuses and all that stuff anymore yet. Yeah, it's not like the old days. <laughs> not like when you sign with free yeah, agents. Yeah, it's not the good old days yet. Um, I mean, it's not like he was, I mean, he was, he was degrading good old days, but he was he was just better. Yeah, he was better. Yeah, a lot better. It was just kind of feel like after each Olympics, we kind of we, we, we keep taking one step back, you know, kind of backwards. Yeah. Um. What was your build? What was your build up like? So you ever see you come to the U.S. in like 05, 06, something like that? What was your build up like? 2007, 2008, like that kind of lead up? Because obviously you improved a lot those years leading in. Well, uh, well, leading up to Olympics or. Uh, or to what build up to? Yeah, like what was point. the couple of years like leading into Beijing? Yeah, I mean, uh, let me think, let me think. 2005, I think I, that was my last year in junior. So I, I remember I won the title. I won the European title and uh, I went to the Worlds. Uh, it was in France, I think. I raced cruiser. I was leading the main event in Cruiser, that was Friday, because Cruiser used to be day before. Yeah. And, uh, and the, obviously, the last turn, French guy took me out, I crashed, and I, I, I hurt my wrist, and I couldn't do my 20 inch. Yeah. Oh, shit. And, uh, and uh, it was, I don't know if you remember Chafot. Yeah, I remember. French guy. I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, I mean, he was a fun guy, though. It was, uh, it was a fun guy, but I had a lot of, uh, a lot of good races, yeah, against him. I mean, he was very competitive with him. He never quite <laughs> gave up, so he was he was always going for it. And uh, and after that, I think the next year, I was I think I was 18, 
2016, I kind of got into partying a little bit. And uh, <laughs> that was my first year in the league. Uh, I don't think I did that well. I raced in Europe. I think I ended up in like 11th, maybe 12th place overall. Which, which wasn't too bad for the first year, but uh, just very inconsistent. Yeah, and that was kind of like the, the year when, uh, yeah, basically when I wasn't racing, I was out Saturday night partying until 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> that was a normal thing apparently back then. We can't do that these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was only the one year. And I think after the, after the last uh, European rounds, I think it was, it, it was in England, and I can't remember Actually, I was feeling good and I was riding good, but I just always something happened. I, I think I came and clicked in the quarterfinal when I was leading and didn't make it to the semifinal. And at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta get my, my, my stuff together, you know. And then I just just cut back on everything. And then the next year I came back, I think I I won quite a few European rounds and uh, I was racing against Tomali here in Europe and. Uh, and Madison was was killing it at that time as well, and I think I, I got second in Europe. I won the the last two rounds in, in France, and then and then got second right behind Tom Allier. And then and that year after that after basically the, the next year just kind of just it just took off. Yeah, just kept progressing, kept working hard, and and literally 2008 was just everything just kind of clicked. I just won the European title, won the worlds, and then and won Olympics. Yeah, pretty much just won everything that year and, uh, and uh, but I made the commitment I would say probably around 2006 yeah, yeah. when I you know I finished my high school and I, I started college for a little bit but to me it was I just I, I couldn't do both yeah you know it was either at that point it was just the goal to make make it to Olympics and then you know I told my parents you know I just want to focus on BMX and you know and, and, I mean I still remember that day I in the family room saying, you know, mom, I think, you know, I'm not going to go to college anymore. And that was, I was like, like three months in, right? <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, just stop it, son. Just, just keep going to school. You know? <laughs> and I mean, the, the, the next day I woke up and I said, I, I, I stopped going. I stopped going and I just made the commitment and, then, you know, it paid off. But, but I mean, that was a, that was a risky move, but it, it, you know, it paid off. Yeah, it was definitely one you kind of had to make if you, if you really wanted to become the rider you are now, or you were. Mm-hmm. But um, I still, I mean, uh, to this day, I remember that, I think it was after the Worlds, we were coming home from the, the China Worlds, I think I was driving home from the airport with my coach in the car, and then, and even though he, he, he was still a racer, he was, he was um, leaping as well, he went to Olympics, but he said, no matter how the Olympics go, he said, I want you to go to the States next year. You know, no matter if you win or you lose, whatever happens, but I, I want you to make the move. I mean, if you want to get better and you want to grow as a racer, I mean, that's what you have to do. And then wow. you made the commitment. That was even before Olympics. And then obviously, kind of Olympic, you know, the, the gold medal kind of helped to open, you know, even more doors to get, you know, some sponsorship deals and all that stuff and get attention, you know, from American brands. And, uh, and yeah, we just made that open there. I remember in January, it was Reno, the first race. What was it? it was always, I think, early, right after New Year's, I think. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, the first race, I mean, it was it was tough, man. I, I don't think I made it on the quarterfinals, the first two races. And I signed this deal with the agent, and Del Holmes was there, and he was like, oh, shit, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> sign, sign. I, mean, I mean, it was a little small indoor race, and obviously it's winter. I mean, I, I never got to ride much. 
much, you know, before the race, and and he was like, oh, maybe commitment with this Russian guy, and, <laughs> and it, it was, you can tell he was kind of worried, and, but the next next weekend we had an outdoor race in Phoenix, I remember, I, I, I won both days, and then and since then I kind of never looked back, and it just kind of took off, yeah. What did you have to work on when you came over to the U.S. or in that period of time? Like, what did you and Evo work on to get better? Uh, well, we just kind of kept doing really the same thing. I think, you know, after the 2008 year, it just in general kind of gave me a lot of confidence. When I came over, I was just, I was just confident, you know, already that I know I can compete with anyone and, and I can, you know, I can beat anyone. And uh, we just kind of kept doing the same stuff. And then the first thing what we, I mean, what we kind of focused on was not really so much training, but just kind of get used to the whole the, the American lifestyle. And then, and, and then obviously Del Holmes helped a lot with that. Just kind of get get used to it, everything. Just you know, get all the paperwork figured out and everything how how things work and you know how how everything's at the races and you know just how they run races and all that stuff. So you kind of just helped to speed up the process a little bit and then it, I think it helped, it helped me a lot as well and then but uh yeah I mean it wasn't it wasn't really anything specific obviously we always kind of switched it up every year you know depending on what our goals were and all that stuff and, but we just kind of kept doing really the the same stuff I mean it was working and then we we didn't want to change it up too much yet. I think as I got older we kind of started to changing it up a little bit more just to keep it a little more fun because you know when you're young you can do the same old same stuff every day and you're still fun to go to races and race and then have fun and you know win some lose some but as you get older you just if you just keep doing the same stuff it just kind of gets boring and it's hard to find the motivation so we kind of have to switch we have we had to switch up the, the training program a little bit just to keep it more fun maybe do a little bit less but do a little different so you know just kind of like that but early early in my career we just just kept doing the same, 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 same. Well, taking a little bit of a step back, I guess, Maris, we really want to know about kind of your Olympic journey, let's say, because you probably have one of the most memorable ones so far in the sport. So taking a step back, Beijing, you make the Olympic team. What were your thoughts or expectations going into the Beijing Olympics, going into the event? Uh, let me think, let me think. It's a while back now. <laughs> Uh, first of all, did you well, know? First of all, going into the worlds that year, did you know you could win, or like, what were your expectations going there before? Because it's only like two months before, too. Yeah, I, th I think. I mean, that year after I won the European title, uh, you know, I think after the worlds, I had the, when I won the worlds, I was like, you know, I think I can, I can do it. Because that year, I was obviously did some World Cups, but I mostly was racing in Europe, and then I never kind of raced against, you know, the Kyle Bennett or that you know like on on you know on a daily basis or on, on a weekly basis so i kind of going into the world i kind of i kind of knew i'm kind of fast but then i was like i haven't really raced against you know kyle and mikey day and you know the american guys you know that often and uh and once you know i think once i won the worlds and i kind of like you know i think you know i i think i can do this <laughs> you know i can actually win the gold medal too and uh and, uh, but, you know, that I almost say, I mean, the London was so much tougher, yeah, as far as mentally, compared to Beijing, because uh, Beijing, I was still, I was probably one of the youngest guys in the Olympics, I think, 
that's okay. He was younger than me, but I was I was one of the younger younger kids out there, and, and, and there was not even though I was the world champ, I don't think there was as much pressure on me, especially from my country, because we had we had such a strong team. I mean, it was Lakuchi, it was Madison's, and they were older, they were more experienced, they they had results as well, even though I mean, maybe they you know they had the world title, but they had probably had more results, more medals in Europe prior to that and uh, so there was not as much pressure on me just from you know from my country my team so you know the throw the race I wasn't as nervous yet I mean obviously in the main event is the, the whole different story when you lane one and it's like okay hey this is it and I think I can do this then you know obviously the, the pressure kicks in and but uh, all the way up to then I mean it, it really wasn't too bad yet I was just kind of just out there having fun just kidding you know in the Olympic games you got it, the, 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 the food court is a free food, the Olympic village, it's just, everything was just funny. I mean, in China, you just, you know, Olympics, 21-year-old kid, and it's just, everything is just so cool, yeah. What, when you got to the and, final, like, mindset-wise, what were you telling yourself, or um, just kind of more of the same, and just, you felt calm, or how'd you feel going in? Well, all I, I mean, all I just kept telling myself in the gate, just, because I, I, I was in lane one, I was like, "You don't need a whole shot. Just, just don't be late." Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's really because I knew if I had the, just the average gate, I mean, it, I, I mean, I'll make it happen. Really, I mean, yeah. that's just what it came down to. And obviously, my gate was a, it was kind of average, yeah. Because I mean, Sakisa was next to me, and then he had a better gate. But since I had the inside lane, I, I think after the second double, I kind of just just took off, and then the first turn was, I remember, a little tricky. It was a little bumpy. And I was kind of went inside out and then tried to kind of play it safe. And then obviously Mikey Day, I forgot what he did. I, oh, Jerry Graves, I think he did the low, low, and then Mikey Day kind of stayed on the outside. And so that, yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, that was a close one, the second straight. I knew that Jerry Graves not going to have enough speed since he kind of did the low, low in the first turn, entering the second straight. But uh, since Mikey Day was on, the, on my right side, uh, I think I, 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 I have to watch the video, but I think I pedaled the whole freak straight away. And then I, the, the burn jump, I tried to stay as low as I can. And I think Mikey kind of tried to play it safe because he was in a, in a good position at that point in the second, I mean, in the second position. I, I think what he thought as well, you know, okay, I'll play it safe and I'll beat him on the third straightaway. But, uh, but I mean, I was, uh, the third, third straightaway was my thing, yeah. I knew no one's going to pass me in the third straightaway. <laughs> and uh, especially, I, Back in the day when Tom Brady used to build those uh, tracks, and then the third straightaways, he did kind of like the, he had those like he, whatever he found was kind of like the those rollers, kind of like the bigger rounder rollers. I mean, I I used to love those straightaways. That was your once I, Yeah, once I came out of second turn and I was leading, I was like, okay, I mean, it's over, yeah. You know, no one's passing me yet. This and, is uh, fun for us to hear about because. I mean, for myself, like I didn't get to watch it much then because I was a young kid, but now I look at it and I'm just such a fan. And hearing that second straight, because it's probably one of the most exciting second straights into the second turn of like all the Olympics, really. Like, I mean, last year, 2016 was exciting, but that had to be one of the all-time videos, like scenarios. I was yelling, go Strombergs in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> in my, 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 the only thing I wish I didn't do was... Uh... I don't know who started it, but he had that freaking the, the knee pads you can take to our knees, and, you know, it's just, and the shorts should the shorts in general in BMX should be uh, just just illegal. It, looks, it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, it looks pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's 
this isn't BMX. <laughs> yeah, and, I said, and then since that point, I was just all the, you know, the uniform pants, long pants, and then since that day that, uh, but yeah, the second straight of an Olympics, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a nervous one for sure. I mean, the, I'm just still remember the berm jump. I mean, I had to, I tried to stay as low as I can. I think I still cased it, yeah. And, uh, and I, even, I think it might, if Mikey, I mean, if he was a little more aggressive, he could probably go for it. But uh, I really think his mindset was because, uh, okay, I'm in a good position, I'll try to get him on the third straight. And I think that was kind of his mindset. And, uh, but, uh, it, it, you know, it worked out. It worked out. How did things change for you after the Olympics? Like, in, when you went back to Latvia, all of a sudden you're a public figure and your life changed quite a bit probably, huh? It, it did, yeah. The first, uh, it was tough actually, the after, especially after Beijing, because uh, I was not used to any, any like the, the media attention. Because they got after Olympics, they just literally, the phone was ringing every day, every day. I mean, every minute just ringing. Like, Can we do an interview? Can we do this? Can that'd we be, do an interview? That'd be tiring, huh? I mean, it was, yeah. It was. I mean, and that was actually the, that was the hardest part to deal with, you know, with it. 21 year old kid and I was like can you come to this show can you you know open our show whatever can you do this can you say a speech can you come you know it's like and, and at that point I was like you know I asked my coach like you know I was like can you help me out a little bit and he was like okay just just form an everyone to me and I'll kind of like he was uh, he was the guy that kind of he was he was the one that was saying you know because I didn't know how to say no because everyone was calling me I was like okay I'll do it I'll do it and he, he just kind of like okay he's busy he can do this he can do this and then so he kind of helped me out with that a lot, you know, as well. On top of, you know, not just training alone, but uh, how to deal with all the, the attention and media stuff. So the, the, the first couple of months, they were a little bit, they were definitely tough, yeah. And then I think, oh, you know, as the time went on, I kind of got more used to it. And after London, even though I was getting a lot more attention after London, but uh, it just, I was just kind of used to it by then. And, and uh, I knew how to say no if I didn't want to do certain interviews and, you know, just kind of, yeah, because obviously going to London after having a gold medal, I'm sure, is completely different because you go into Beijing, like, it's probably not a whole lot of media, but then all of a sudden you go into London and all eyes are on you. Exactly. I mean, London, it's, it's, it's a whole another story. Yeah. We could probably do the whole podcast just about London, but uh, <laughs> it was tough. I mean, the whole year was tough. I mean, 2012, I mean, even though I was, I was doing well, but I think the kind of distress kind of got me early in the season as well. A lot of races, I mean, even though I was, I mean, I was going fast, but I was, I was always kind of getting sick racing with, with the temperature, and it's just a lot to overcome, and I think it was a lot, a lot, it was, I mean, Olympics was, you know, kind of a lot to do with it, because I knew they were coming up, and then the kind of, the, the, you know, the stress kind of got to me a little bit, and, and uh, I mean, even the world's that year, I was, I mean, at a te- high temperature, you know, trying to race, and then so many nationals, I struggled, I was, you know, Sick wasn't feeling good and, and racing and you know pushing my body, you know to to limits and uh, it was tough. It was tough and then even it's just I mean those four years just just literally just flew by and then I mean even I still remember probably three weeks before Olympics. I mean we had the, you probably have seen this, some of the videos we had the, the Supergirls track we built you know we built ourselves in Latvia. That's the one we were kind of the training. It was like the London replica track. That's when we kind of we were getting we were training there, getting ready for Olympics, and uh, I mean I, I was just struggling with the most.
most basic stuff. I mean, even though I was the first trading gates, I was I was going fast and I was I mean I was pulling, but but we had to do like full laps, and I just I just I couldn't I couldn't even put together a full lap because I mean I was thinking I mean it's it's two weeks before Olympics, and what if I crash? Now what if I get hurt? You know I don't get to defend my title, and you know all this all these thoughts kind of going through your mind, and they just I just couldn't put together. I mean one full like solid track session. I mean literally like probably three weeks before you know before that race and then even when we went there i felt like you know it's just too soon i just I physically physically i was ready but i just wasn't mentally quite there yet mm-hmm. and i felt like i really had a lot of catching up to do just like three days before the before the race and i think i mean the race itself the way it went i mean it kind of showed as well i mean i, I just i felt fast but i was just in the gate i wasn't quite comfortable I mean, maybe quite as confident that you know my game was a little late the next day that kind of hit the game so i was just just couldn't find the rhythm all day i mean all day long and then but it kind of i mean glad i did it at the right time but uh, <laughs> but uh, it was tough yeah i still remember i mean the song i mean i hit a few gates and then i was in last place and then the first time i did the high low and i got a fourth place the next lap i, I think i got fifth and then the last one, I, I can't remember. Maybe it got second or something, so I qualified. And so it was a struggle. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty, but uh, but uh, it was tough. It was definitely a lot tougher. Yeah, you can't compare to Beijing. You know, it's the, the nerves and expectations. It's just. It's just. Yeah, it was. It was tough. Yeah, it was definitely. It was definitely tough. But uh, it was rewarding. I mean, it was all over. I mean, that's why I always say it's definitely the most, uh, the most important, the most special winning my career yeah. yeah it always like from a, a fan like myself like i always felt like you were able to turn it around when you needed to and like in a situation like london where you weren't having a great day through the the let's say the motos the qualification rounds what did you change going into the final like what did you tell yourself to be able to come out and basically put one of the better your best efforts in well i mean i think that what really helped me because uh well, I got through the, I think the quarterfinals, I, I forgot what, I probably got maybe some thirds and seconds or whatever, so I qualified for the semifinal, and I, remember, I still remember, the next morning we get up, we went we went for a ride with the coach, and then we did a couple, uh, on, just on the asphalt, you do a couple lines, you know, just a couple lines, how you can do turns, right, I mean, high-low, really low low and we did like a couple different lines and just like going just we were just going slow just an asshole just kind of just you know just kind of just reminding me of you know how to do you know the right turns and different lines and all that stuff and literally i mean the first semi-final i think it was in lane seven hit the gate got cut off i mean first turn high low that's exactly what we did that morning you know when, when coach was kind of showing me different lines Went from eight, I think, to fourth place. You know, the, it worked out. The next one, I think I was in the inside lane and then didn't have the greatest gate, but I think I did kind of like a low, low. I think from like, uh, I forgot from like the fifth place, maybe went to third or something like that. So it kind of, it kind of gave me the confidence. Because at first, it, I still remember when that morning the coach was giving me, you know, this exercise, whatever. He was like, what is this for? I mean, what is this? <laughs> To do with the Olympics, come on, we here to we here to hold shot, we here to win a race, and it's like trust me, man, just just do it. And it, it, I mean, it literally it gave me that you know the confidence that hey, 
through with my coaches, like whatever, whatever he was doing, I mean, it wasn't working. And uh, in the last uh, semifinal, I, think I, I forgot what lane I was in. I think maybe lane two, lane three. And I had a good game. I mean, that, that's when that's when I kind of I got it going, and, and I had my normal usual holster game, you know, kind of like that. I think I was leading, but uh, Tuan Wong Gan was on the inside. Well, he won the lap, but, but he, he went over the white line, though. I still have the picture on my phone. And, and uh, but it kind of gave me the confidence, okay, I have it in me. And then uh, before the main event, I felt like I had nothing to lose, you know, the, the whole day's been a struggle. And, and before the main event, I called it. And uh, my manager was uh, actually, before we went out to the starting you know, like, you know, I was just running around and I was smiling. He was like, what are you smiling at? I was like, I told him, I, I got this. Badass. That just gave me chills. That was, that, yeah, that was pretty badass. That was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, but, you know, even after London, obviously, it was fun, and, you know, like, especially when we got home, and then the, the whole city was waiting. I think we got home at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and literally the whole city was still up waiting. And uh, that was, that was, that was pretty cool, and then, but it, but it never got easier. Now, literally two months later or whatever, four or five weeks later, they said to me, there's another national. You gotta, you gotta get in the gate and then and race. I mean, you gotta be ready. I mean, it's, you know, but, uh, and I struggled with that, especially the, the, the next year after Olympics. Because uh, once Olympics are over, I mean, it's, the next season starts, you gotta be ready again. And yeah. that was just kind of the, the 2013, I was, the whole year I was just trying to catch up. I was just, 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 just wasn't there, just mentally, just couldn't quite get into into explaining a catch-up, and I felt like, you know, I had kind of like a target on my back, and uh, it was a struggle, I remember 2013 was a struggle, I think that, even though I, I think I went to the Europe, I raced that year in Europe, I won the European title, I did, uh, I think I raced eight rounds, I won the first six, and then I got two seconds, which is, I mean, which, <laughs> you know, it's a great season, but it was, it was just a struggle. I was traveling a lot. I was just, I was always tired and just, just even just crossing the finish line when I won the race, it just kind of, it just wasn't making me happy. I wasn't, I just kind of felt like it's such a chore. And uh, after that year, I kind of, I remember I took a break, had to kind of step away a little bit and then just kind of regroup. And then I remember I put my bike away for, I forgot when it was, probably a few weeks. And then we kind of started over. We switched up the training program for 2014. And, and then in 2014, it was a successful year again. And that kind of led into your last couple seasons, huh? Say again? And that kind of led into your last couple seasons. Yep. Yeah. The last couple. Well, I think uh, after Rio, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, how was Rio? Okay. Like, what was... It was Rio must have been tough, because at the end of your career and after winning the last two. No, I mean like tough going in, like maybe after already being through it a couple know, times. It, no, it wasn't too bad, yeah. You know, going in, uh, I mean, obviously uh, going in, as far as like the preparation, I mean, I think I was, as far as the first trade and times and everything, I was probably the fastest down the hill of the first trade I've ever been, yeah. But it's just, uh, I mean, the track wasn't, I mean, just, just, just didn't suit my riding style, really. I mean, not the, the track itself, but uh, 
the second jump, really, that's where that's where the race I mean, ended for me, really. Because uh, I was only, I mean, I could only, myself, I could go 100% all the, to the first jump. And after that, I was literally just, I wasn't pedaling. I was tapping on my brakes. And, you know, when you have to do it in the first train, I mean, I mean, it's, outcomes usually not going to, I mean, most likely not going to be very good. Let, let's be real, Maris. You were just scared of me and motos. <laughs> well, and I had Tony in my motos. That's, I mean, that's... <laughs> not exactly. And I, I, exa- I mean, and you're right. I mean, I knew if I don't get in front, I mean, I'm not in trouble. That's mm. it. But, uh, but I, I, I literally knew when the quarters, when the day started, and we had a tailwind that day and I'm down the first straight. I mean, I already knew. I was in the gate and I knew it's over. And, uh, we had a test when I, I forgot what it was, probably four, four, four or five months before that. And uh, once I got home, I, you know, I, 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 I messaged Tom Ricks. I said, you know, I, I mean, the first trade, I mean, it's it's all good, but the second double is just too small for the speed to be going. And then he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll, you know, I'll try to change it. And obviously, I showed up. We went to Olympics, and it was exactly the same. Just the, the track was exactly the same, just in a different color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the exact same. It was exactly the same, just with the diff- it really was the different color. And, and, uh, and it was faster too, with the like at the Olympics, the jumps were the same and they were the same size, but it was a lot faster. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because they put the, 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 the whatever, the, the, the slur, whatever, the concrete, whatever type on the, the track. And, uh, and, I kind of knew, I mean, obviously the first practice session or second, we had a lot of head being down the first straight, so like, I kind of made it work, but I mean, I knew if, if the wind's blowing opposite direction, I mean, it's it's over. I mean, I mean, even though I had a couple good games and everything was good, but on the, on the, really on the second jump, I mean, I mean, no disrespect, but uh, so was a South African guy, I think. Not a South African guy. Who was he on? Which guy? Um... We had Milano. He was like the Venezuela guy. He was going fast. Is that who you mean? We gra- oh, the oh, South African guy. Yeah, South African guy. Oh, yeah. his name? Kyle Dodd. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect. I mean, he was he was riding solid though, but I've I've never heard of him. And then I was in front of him, and literally before the second jump, just everyone just like just went went past me. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it just literally like just like full speed just. Jumps way past me, and I was like, "Okay, I mean, this is—it's it, over." I mean, I, even though I mean, today, I think the third quarterfinal, I still had a chance to qualify. You know, like the second we came out of the turn, and I had to—I just had to jump the pro set. I think you know. I, None of us did I though that round. There was too much wind. None of us yeah, did. It was wind, but I think I had enough speed. But I and I had to just pass. I think who was in front of me? It was I think David Graff or something. I, I all I had to do was just kind of jump the pro set, and I would have made it. But. I just, you know, at that point, I just, even if I make it to the semifinals, I knew, I mean, it's, it's, it's over anyways, you know, and there's no way I could figure out the second jump overnight, and then I would say if I was 25, I would probably find a way to figure it out, but at 29, the way I was physically, and then I was, I was more prepared, prepared for uh, the first train, more like a popping belt type, you know, where you can just, the gate drops and you just, just go all out, you know, and I, I felt very limited. And, uh, and that kind of just ended my other, yeah. the, the, the three in a row dream, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, you know, I mean, it was a good run, it was a good run. <laughs>
it's incredible for like for us to hear you say that too and like not only just to hear you say that but to still have respect for you because like it seemed like you had so much confidence in your career that when you knew you had it you had it but in this situation when you had something you were dealing with you knew you didn't have it and it was just one of those things it's kind of funny to hear you too say that it's just one jump and it was like okay well this isn't my time <laughs> well you know just you know just gotta be honest to yourself you know you just know your limits yeah <laughs> you know, which, I mean it's fair stay in your lane yeah <laughs> I, think, I think it's important too though for kids like when you're talking about London and stuff you're not having a good day and a lot of people if they're not having a good day and they get to the main they just kind of mail it in but um, once you get to the main it doesn't even matter how you got there you're there you start mm-hmm. fresh just go for it exactly I mean it's, it's the same in golf man. it doesn't matter how you get a par it's a par oh it doesn't, a par, baby. doesn't matter if you put one in the hazard scramble it's still a par <laughs> exactly it's just, you make the 20 foot of the it doesn't matter it's still a four and it's the workout stuff so, yeah I but mean, it's, yeah exactly but uh but uh yep yeah, yeah a lot, doesn't matter how you get there no a lot of people don't don't really take one moto at a time and start fresh every lap. They kind of let one bad lap or a bad day um, get them down, even if they're still making it through. Like, just start fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a lot of times it's easier said than done. Of course, know, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, you guys have raced, I mean, for a long time, and, and the same with me. I mean, there's just days when the things are not clicking, and you just, you kind of like, you just know it's, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, you just kind of... You just talk yourself out of it already, you know. I mean, those, I mean, those weekends always happen. I mean, it's just it's just part of racing, but uh, it's how you it's how you come back from that, you know. It's how you how you come back from that. Yeah, you gotta have the confidence, and you had it. The mo- I've never heard somebody say something more confidently. Mike, Mike did it as too. No, I was gonna say though, but that that you said before the final in London, but then also when you're talking to me and Tori in Texas, I don't know what year this was. <laughs> We're talking about World Cups, and you straight up were just like, you know, I like to go to one or two World. I like to go win one or two World Cups a year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a dick! Uh, what a, just straight up was like, I like to go to a couple of years because I like to win one or two. Did I say that? That was in Austin in Texas like two years ago. <laughs> we were in the pits like a Jason. We're in, we're, we're in Jason's pits like between rounds. Like you know, I, I like to, I like to go win one World Cup a year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know you really, when you say that I can't remember that yeah. but you know that's just I mean I don't think I, I mean we don't think I'm talking but I just felt confident I was you know at that time you know and, yeah. just, and the World Cups always I felt I mean the World Cups was always my thing you know even though I didn't race a lot of them you know I skipped a lot of World Cups but when I was when I went to World Cup I felt like you know, I, had, I had a chance I had a chance to win and, and that's how I always approached them did you like them back Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, did, you know, did you like them better? Like, did you did you like racing the World Cups better than, like, for instance, chasing the USA BMX title? Uh, not early in my career. I would say from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve, I preferred the, the just NBL, ABA, you know, couple of World Cups here and there. But uh, after that, I think I after London, I would prefer. I like the World Cups better, yeah. This I is, think I just had a... I wouldn't say I had a better chance, but I just... Uh, I had a... Just my riding style kind of suited the World Cups, I think, better, because I always had a good gait. I always had one, two, three. My, 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 my uh, you know, the starting hill was pretty good in the first trade. I always kind of felt comfortable. But, but I, again, I didn't do that World Cups that often. 
you okay so i know we call double dice we call him mr lane eight these days but you were the original mr lane eight was that something in your head that uh races at world cups that you were just confident being out there because you knew you had room to shift or was it sometimes you just got put in those situations and you just went for it well there have been different different situations a lot of times it was i mean they I mean, like, let's say Poppendall 2012, when I had that whole show from Lane 8. I mean, Sorry, really, that day I was feeling so good that to me it was either Lane 1, played safe, or just just Lane 8, you know. I didn't want to go anywhere middle, because even if I didn't have a perfect game, you know, someone can elbow you, whatever, something can happen, because I knew if I'm in Lane 8, I mean, I had enough horsepower to, to make it happen. You know, I just got so confident, I felt, and then... I think at the semifinal, and I just kind of, I don't know, I would say a lazy gate, yeah. I think the, the French guy got me in the first turn, and I, I think I got second or third, and then I had the fifth or sixth pick, and I was like, I mean, might as well just go with lane eight. And uh, I think, you know, I had, that's just how confident I felt. And then also, you, you, you kind of try to play, I would say safe at the same time, but I always want to make sure that I, even though I don't have a perfect gate, I still can go all out on the first trade and see what happens. Mm. And then lane, lane eight always gave me that opportunity, the chance. You know, sometimes you're lane five, and if you have a bad gate, you know, get cut off, and then that's it. I mean, really, I mean, you don't, you can't go all out on the first trade. I mean, and that was that was kind of, that was really my thing. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think really, I mean, I wouldn't say just playing the same, but that's how confident I felt a lot of times, and then. I, mean, I kind of started it, and then you know I glad Nick Kidman took over, and then he, he's been killing it. He's been killing. That's funny. Well, you talk about all the confidence. Um, did that just obviously? I'm assuming that would just come from over races, like doing well race to race. Uh, but did you ever work with, let's say, like a sports psych, someone to help you with the mental side of things? No, never. Never. Never ever. And that was always a. You know, the times change. I wouldn't say I wouldn't maybe do it now, but uh, mm. growing up, I always believed that if you, if you need a psychologist in BMX, then might as well just retire. <laughs> might as well just quit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's I mean, pretty that's, savage. That's con- that's confidence right <laughs> that's there, people. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's how I was. I mean, that's how I was raised. That's how I grew up. Yeah. You know, almost kind of had that. I mean, kind of like that old school. Thing, that rush. Old school Russian mentality, you know, really. I mean, that's how he grew up, and I always told my coach, I mean, if I ever, you know, if I, if, if, if I told him, I mean, he agreed, I and mean, he was, he had the same, you know, he, he, he was the same, you know, same as me, and he, he, he kind of agreed if he ever need that. I was told if I ever need a psychologist, then, you know, it's over. It's over, you know, then might as well just, just hang it up. <laughs> that's crazy, that's crazy. That's savage, yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> But, uh, but like I said, I mean, times have changed, and if I would do it all over again, I mean, especially as I get older, maybe I would try to approach someone, you know, maybe I would change it up a little bit, but that's just how I was raised, and that's, that's just, that was just kind of like, just what I did, yeah, that's all I knew, really. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, we got a bunch of fan questions for you, Maris, so we're going to go into something called we, we call the quick shots, so... You got. We have a lot of fan questions, so um, the quick shot question. So you just basically short answer, like answer really quickly. Okay. Sounds good. Go for it. All right. Um, RZKY Tama says, uh, "How big was your peak power?" Uh, 
Your peak power. How much power are you putting out? I have no idea. Fair. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the first time I pulled it, what was the one bike? The first time I did it was probably literally 2017. I never did it before. At Butters 454, how did it feel winning an Olympic event compared to a World Cup event? Olympic event. <laughs> Olympic event. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, they're both. Are, I mean, exciting. I mean, it's. But, uh, I mean, you can't compare Olympic win with a World Cup win. Yeah, I mean, Olympics, that's. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not comparable. I, I got a quick side question. This one's from me. Did you ever get to a point on the World Cup circuit that you were disappointed in getting like a second or third because you weren't because you won so many? Uh, nah, well, I don't remember to be honest, but I, I think at the Worlds in, in Denmark when I got the second, I think I, I think Joris won that year. And yeah. I think yeah, and the Willers was leading and then he passed him and then I almost passed Joris and. Crossing the finish line, I was a little disappointed. I was like, you know, I, I could have won, but, uh, but yeah, but I think the next day you wake up and you're like, you know, you just, I mean, the second place is still good, and then you just got to move on. It's a good result, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but not really. Yeah, that was always you go, you, you get a podium, you're happy. It depends how it happens. Yeah, if you feel like you had a chance to win and you kind of made a little mistake, then you may, might be a little disappointed. But if you go and give it all you got, and then you get second, third, I mean, that's that's a good result. From at MP112, he was so dominant. How did you maintain so much confidence for so long? You know, it was it was up and down. It, it was it was never easy. And uh, you know, obviously, winning the Olympics, you, you come to America, you start winning a lot of races. It's just the confidence just keeps keeps growing. But then, uh, I think I had a big setback 2010 when I crashed at the Grands, and uh, I kind of felt like I had to start over again. And then it was. It, I, after that, it was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. I had a lot of years when I felt very confident and good, and there's a lot of kind of years when I kind of struggled mentally, and I was just still dealing with some of the things from the past. Kind of what what happened that you know because when I crashed, kind of what happened, I couldn't quite figure out what happened, and then there's a, I developed a lot of bad habits from that crash in 2010, and then there was a lot of things I had overcome just later in my career. All right, uh, from at Sylvan Andre BMX, forty six point nine or forty seven point one. Forty seven. <laughs> from at D Bittner, uh, what That's does your? Awesome. There was one time I tried forty seven point three. I mean that was the first thing popping out two thousand and twelve when I won that race, but uh, in practice, but I put it back to four, I put it back forty seven seventeen and then made it happen. What? Well, hold on. What tire? What tire size? What? What Ken crankless? Kenda, one eighty. What? Just. No, it was a small, it was a 175 back there. We didn't have big tires back then in 180s, 4717. I was always 180s guy, yeah. I tried to sweep, I tried to do some shorter cranes, but it just, yeah, the 1230 was just too good with 180s, yeah. <laughs> From at, from David Bittner, what does your day look like now that you're not training, and what are your future plans in America? Uh, yeah, I just wake up. I mean, a lot of them early, early golf in the morning.
Sounds like a pretty bitch like, in life to me. <laughs> getting uh, that, that handicap down, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Getting <laughs> the handicap. <laughs> uh, from Max Ganikovsky, what was your most memorable Lane 8 Supercross win? I was in lane seven, so thanks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Really? Yeah. I, I was thought it was Hammer. I think Herman, he was in lane six then, right? No, I, I was Car- Carlos was in lane six. David was like middle of the ramp, I think. And you know the sad part was, I actually had a good gate and was pretty close with David and Sam, and Maris was like a full bike ahead. You fucking, like, oh I my god. I looked so <laughs> stupid in lane seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I mean, I still, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, how did it happen, but I still, I I have the video on uh, my computer and I see once in a while and I was like, whatever the static or whatever I did there, the, the one, two, three, four, it's just, yeah, it was, I don't know what happened. It's just, that was probably yeah, one of the most depressing, I mean, just the first tradeaways in general. Yeah. That was the most savage, yeah, hill, ta- like finals hill in history, I think, from the video angle and just how much you popped it out so well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tom, though. I, you know, happy to do it. At Coach... <laughs> From at Coach Brendy, have you played in any golf tourneys? And if yes, what was more nerve-wracking, Olympic final or first tee? <laughs> uh, well, it's pretty close. <laughs> well, I haven't really played in any like the tournaments, tournaments, but the, the, you know, the, you know how the first tee shot is. You just, just, you always just play safe. Just, just put in the fairway. Just put in the fairway. Yep. Because you don't, you don't want to start with triple, but uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, the Olympics that's the first, first tee box time, with so, uh. Yeah. First tee box was out of bounds, right? <laughs> out of bounds, right? A little slice to the right, yeah. Not anymore, though, but it, it used to happen a lot, and then it's like, ah, uh, the whole round is over. You feel like you just wasted on one shot, like the yeah. first tee. One yeah. shot, and your, uh, round, your so round's fucked with one shot. You get so pissed off. Exactly. And usually you get so pissed off that the, 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 second, the next shot is not much better either, yeah. No. <laughs> but, uh, well, I've learned to keep it in play for the most part these days, but, uh, yeah. Um, this one will go from Max Ganikovsky as well. Who was your greatest competitor throughout your career? Well, I mean, I was, I think I was, I would say, I mean, I was fortunate to to race against some of the old, I wouldn't say old school guys, but the older generation when I came in, it was Randy. I got to race against Kyle, so, I mean, Christian was, you know, still racing, so that was pretty cool, and then, and obviously then, then Sam came in, and then, and, and, I mean, it was just, I mean, not easy. I mean, tough. I mean, I would say the hardest guy to beat in general. I mean, Sam Willoughby. And so I would say Sam Willoughby. Because, uh, I mean, he was he was just so locked in and focused day in and day out. I mean, week in and week out. And I mean, you know, like I always say, it's, it's so hard to beat someone that never gives up. Yeah. And I think it was same, yeah. Um, from at the age coach, did you ever strategically work on the transition at the bottom of the Supercross Hill? I think that's what he was, and I 
Well, just, just mentally, I just give nothing all the way to the bottom of the ramp. Why did you? Why did you do like you always used to pedal the full rotation, then half pedal back before every jump? Did, why did you do that? It's just, it's just what I started doing here out of nowhere. I mean, it's not something I was thinking about. It just kind of happened, and uh, and uh, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. After 2010, when I overshot the double because I pedaled too far, or whatever happened, because I, I jumped in the wrong foot forward. Mm-hmm. Either I pedaled too far and I tried to like, spin my legs backwards or something. And, just overshot it and since then it's just either I developed a bad habit right after that or it's, it's hard to explain yeah a lot of people think it's cool and I think a lot of areas kind of actually help me you kind of you gain the half a pedal and then you, you kind of spin your legs backwards right before the jump but, and then they thought it looks cool but that was actually one of the things I tried to get rid of yeah throughout my career but I just I was never able to this is a random cool fact I just wanted to bring up too. Well, fun fact. And not really, I don't remember the year, so I can't, it's not really a fact, but one of the years that I thought you and Sam had a cool, not a rivalry, but you guys were both going to different World Cups because you guys were both skipping some World Cups, and each one you guys went to, you won. And I thought that was fucking badass. That was 2014, yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah, that was, I thought that was sick. <laughs> that was, thank you. That, I mean, that was pretty cool, yeah. And I think we, I mean, and it came down to the Grands as well. I mean, that year we, we, we were going for the ABA title as well, the same year. And uh, obviously, same, in the semifinal, made a mistake and uh, ended up winning that year, the ABA title as well. So that was, yeah, that was, I think the whole year of me and Sam was kind of just, just battling, yeah. Even at the Worlds, I, mean, I think Sam won the Worlds that year. I mean, uh, it was in, where was it, in Holland, I think? Indoor, yeah. And so it was the whole year, yeah, we were just going at it, yeah, every race, yeah. All right, I don't think you can answer this one, but I'm going to ask it anyways. From Kyle Grest 920 how much did you make for your first gold medal versus your second oh, gold medal? Oh, you can't medal? ask what he makes. <laughs> That's poor form. Well, poor just, form. I'll just put it that way. It was, it was, the, it was, uh, it was more off. Uh, <laughs> the second one was a little more, yeah. All right, the second one was better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the one bonus wasn't huge. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> This is a cool question from Caitlin BMX. If you could choose, if you could choose, what track would you choose to hold the Olympics and why? I like that question. Yeah. Also what track? Uh, cool. uh, it's a tough one. You know, the, I mean, one of my favorite tracks. I mean, were actually the the, the China World 2008. But if, if you raced it today, it would be way too small. But uh, you know, I always like Poppendal. Always like Poppendal, wide open. You know, good track. I mean. With Olympics, what I what I really hated because every time Olympics come around, I feel like they have to build something different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What was your What was your favorite Olympic track? Beijing and then London. Yeah. Yeah. Beijing, I think, was the best one, and then London, second place, and after that, it's just just went way downhill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. You really did. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean. We can do another podcast on that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the second jump looked like it's, I mean, hideous, whatever, obviously too small, whatever, the guys were struggling with. And then, but again, they, I like the concept, but why do you have to try all this different stuff on the Olympic track? Olympic track should be just three simple turns, wide open, solid, just 
basically doubles good reading section, you know, the first straight away. I mean... 100% agree. Yep. Exactly. It should be something a little more consistent on, you know... Yep. Good pro section, good rhythm section. Exactly. World Cups, you go experiment all these, like, the box jumps and the high step-ups and, you know, the whatever, all the dumb stuff, whatever they're trying to put in there. But, uh... But it's just my opinion. But it's always yeah, it's always been like that. And I yeah. Don't know, I don't know. It's all we do on the show. We just tell our opinions. It's and they and they keep doing, keep making the same mistakes all over again. And it, I think it just doesn't look good for BMX. Yep. I think in Rio, we had, in Rio de Janeiro, we had the most crashes we we ever had in Olympic event. Yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. So you know, we just kind of actually we we going backwards. Yeah, we're not learning from our mistakes. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, that's yeah, that's a different podcast. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> next one from Liva underscore Glazier. Glazier. Uh, who did you look up to when you were little? Who did I look up to? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was always my coach as well because he was racing. He was like the, like the cool guy growing up and it was like, oh, well, I want to be coached by him. I wish I could ride with him. And then obviously, and later on in my career, I was, you know, I got a chance to train with him and be coached by him. So that was pretty cool. But, as far as the pros, it was always Benny Nelson, yeah. Thunder Dan, Power Life. <laughs> From at Edward. Oh, sorry. Yeah, at Edward's Glazers. How do you see BMX changing in Latvia after two Olympic golds? Uh, I think it definitely grew. I mean, uh, as far as the rider account, it just it's still to this day it keeps growing. And uh, but we, I wish, even though it was so cool. I mean, I, I mean, it, it was awesome that they opened the training facility named after me in my hometown and we were able to, you know, the, tell the European Championships for the first time in my, you know, country. But I wish, I mean, me and my coach, we completely agreed. I mean, I wish it, it happened right after, right after London. We kind of, we waited for too long, yeah, you know, and then I wish we did it a little bit sooner. And then, then but, uh, I mean, the BMX is growing. I mean, we have a few young kids, but uh, obviously it will take time, yeah. Uh, this question is from the same person. Uh, was it, he said, "Was it easy or hard to retire from BMX? How was that decision?" It was. I would say it was easy, but it, it wasn't hard either. Yeah, because uh, I think after the world in Rock Hill, thanks, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I retired you. <laughs> I mean, I was feeling. I mean, I really, I was feeling good. I mean, I was feeling good, but. Uh, the, the, the Canadian guy kind of took me out of the race. I forgot his name, but uh, <laughs> but uh, and after the race, actually, I kind of knew. You know, I think this is going to be my last race, but I didn't want to announce anything. I really wanted to make sure, and then I waited another basically year just just to kind of see where my mindset is. Also, see see what direction the race is going in general, the money wise, sponsorship wise, and I, I just kind of felt that just. It was, Still kept going backwards, and to me, there wasn't enough money in the sport to, to kind of motivate me to keep going. Yeah, because I, you know, there's obviously as you get older, you have, you know, my son was born, and all the risk involved, and to chase, you know, to go to the nationals and chase, you know, a few thousand bucks, and, and, and you don't really pay to do it, unless, you know, it just didn't, it, yeah, didn't make much sense at that point. And, 
felt like I'm getting older. Even though I told you, you felt like I could go for another Olympics, but it's just, just financially just didn't make much sense to continue, really. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to end it with, we got a bunch, but we're going to end it with this question here. I, I, I wrote this one down. Whoa, now. Rio, Rio. He's Keep almost down, done. He's, Daddy's <laughs> almost done. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> All right, well, you've won pretty much everything there is to be won in our sport. Uh, what is it that you're most proud of throughout your career, either result or not? And which of your wins was, do you think, the hardest to win? Yeah, what race is, what title, which was the hardest to win, and at the end of the day, what are you most proud of looking back? Well, I think the two toughest ones, uh, as far as titles, was uh, obviously London, you know, and then uh, ABA. You know, I was, I was close so many times, came close to get second and thirds, and 2008 and nine. but I was, I was never an ABA guy, and then later in my career, when I felt like, you know, that was the, kind of like the only title missing. And as I get older, it just—I mean, it was—it was, that's probably one of the toughest ones, yeah, for me to win. Yeah, it was when I, even at the Grand 2014, I just felt like you know, just I was struggling, and I, you know, I thought maybe it's just not meant to be, yeah. But uh, just pulled it off, made it happen somehow, yeah. It was a miracle. And uh, as far as uh, my career, the proudest moment, mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be standing on the podium with me in Argentina 2014. <laughs> yeah. Champagne showers. Yeah. Champagne showers. <laughs> That's a proud moment, yeah. <laughs> That's your proudest moment. Uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think I, you know, maybe, uh, I think coming back from maybe 2010, that injury as well, you know, after a long time. And, you know, maybe it wasn't a win, but the, the world when I got second in uh, in Denmark. And it was only, I mean, I was out for literally, I couldn't ride my bike for five and a half months. And uh, and that was two months after that, I got second at Worlds. So, I mean, I think that was it. I mean, even though I didn't win, and, but I was, yeah, one of the proudest. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool that I was able, in such a short time, I was able to get it all together and then almost, you know, win a world title after that injury. But, I mean, literally, I was sitting on a couch for literally six, I mean, almost six months yet. And I had, I had some pictures for my birthday, too, actually. Uh, I grew up belly, too. I mean, it was, it was bad, yeah, that year. Well, th- well, thanks a lot, Maris. We really appreciate you coming on and giving us all your time. It was uh, cool to hear your story. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. It really is. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, we're going golfing next Monday, by the way. Yeah. Let's book a tea time. Hit me up. Let me know. What the hell, guys? I'm not going to be down here. What the hell? Are you both around? No, I'm going home on next this Saturday. I'm going to miss it. Hey. You guys guys better get an eagle phone or something. (laughs) All right, we'll talk soon, man. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, 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 Maris. See ya. All right, bye-bye. Good to hear from the GOAT. Mr. Maris Strombergs, everybody. Oh, my gosh, what a legend. Good stories. Honestly, what a legend. Hearing, like... The confidence he had in races is incredible. Yeah, it was good, cool to hear his stories. It was uh, interesting to hear the difference between his uh, Olympic experience because they were obviously all quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. His London experience was uh, a lot of people should take note of, of how he won that. I think that's one of the most impressive things. Like, yeah. I know, yeah, it's impressive in its own way that he, he basically struggled throughout the days but did what he needed to do to get himself in that final. And then 
that moment where he said, like, I had chills when he said it, that he's like, I got this before it, the final. Yeah. Anyone can really do well when they're pulling and everything's going well and you're just ticking off the laps, but it's a lot harder to do well when the day's not going well and you're struggling and you're hitting the gate and can't get into a rhythm and then um, just starts fresh the main and pulls it off. Yeah. It's a savage hole shot. Yeah, he's bad. He's got to be one of the guys just known for those savage first-rate hole shots. Absolutely. Horsepower, baby. Mr. Horsepower. How many watts do you think he's putting out? He, I don't know. He didn't know. What, what, what do you mean? I think he's put. I, I'll take a guess. I'm thinking, what do you put out? Well, when I had my SRM on, the most I ever put out was like 2,700 on like an ABA hill. It that's, depends. That's Here's the thing, though. It depends on the hill. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, it, I've realized the most is when you... It's kind of useless information, though, honestly. It doesn't really matter. What are you going to change when you know the it information? It doesn't really matter. No, I used to, I raced it for a couple of years, but the most you've ever put out is if it's a bit of a steeper hill into flat, so you kind of accelerate and then push into something, mm-hmm. was I, what I realized. But on Supercross Hill, probably like 24, 2500, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I don't remember. You put out a lot. It's funny though, because like, I mean, I guess he's always seemed like a strong, powerful guy to me, but I never viewed him as like a hole shotter on the small hills as much as he was on the Supercross, which is kind of weird. I don't know. He was. He was, though. Oh, yeah. But when I see, I guess well, he my look, memory of him is all of Supercross he li- races. He liked more room to shift. He did, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he won an ABA title, so you don't win an ABA title if you're not pulling. Nope, no, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to pull on those flat hills, too, yeah. Thanks for Maris Strummer. Thanks for Laza Bear for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for letting us do this podcast in your kitchen, Ryan. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. She's making dinner right now for yeah. James' birthday. <laughs> uh, Progate Europe. Motorsheets.com. Winning starts the Great Gate. Maris had a few of them in his career. He had a few, and he also had some fast hill times, fast lap times. You know where to find those on Motorsheets.com. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. was You're that, welcome, that guys. That was a good one. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we know oh what we're doing on this god, show. This that was is, subtle as fuck. This isn't the janky podcast. We know what the fuck we're doing oh on here. Oh my god. Guys, I'll shut your butt up. That was the best ad we've had on the show. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.